Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. What's up, Hogan Johns listeners? We got our live show coming up in just a couple weeks, our Ask Us Anything podcast, June 26th, and we got our last four spots we got to give out for this thing. So uh, we figured we'd do that right off the top of the bat here. You know a voicemail line, 312-222-5050. The trivia question, been thinking long and hard about this one, Johns. Might as well go back to our first live show ever. Ooh. It was at Dirty Nellie's. That's not, you know, we're like, okay, where was it? No, it's Dirty, Dirty Nellie's, Nellie's in Palatine. We're going to give that away. Who were the two guests on the show, though? We had two guests on that show, both Bears-related. Very Bears-related. One was a Bears player. The other played in the NFL, but not for the Bears. Ooh. How about that? Those were our first two guests. They were both so li- they were live there. They were there with us. I shared a cheeseburger with one afterwards. Cheeseburger. We did not share the exact same cheeseburger, but we had cheeseburgers. Oh, man. We just both need a cheeseburger. That's true. I kind of do need a cheeseburger. It's like dinner for me already. Uh, big episode coming up today. Bears mini camp is over. We're heading towards the offseason, but I do also want to mention we're not going anywhere. We're going to have some. Usually we'd go dark during this period. We're not going to do that this year. So uh, we're still going to have an episode Coming up next week, we've got the live show coming up in two weeks. We're trying to keep up some special stuff. I have one thing for you coming in July. I don't want to give it away yet, but it's going to be a very special, unique episode. I can't wait for it. Where can they give you your answers, our answers, their answers? That's a good point. I think I mentioned off the bat, but maybe not. 312-222-5050 is the voicemail line. Call Joe. The first three people. You said four. Did I? All right, well, let's make it clear. The first three people, 312-222-5050. Get the spots at our live show. You get to bring a guest. It's Wednesday, June 26th. Again, a reminder, if you can't come, don't call. If you can't come on that night, do not call. If you live in Europe, we love you. We love our international listeners. Unless you're going to get on a plane and come, which you're more than welcome to do if you want to pay for that. I mean, you can call. Joe likes you. Yeah. It's our ask just us don't it. give the answers. Right. <laughs> Should we do a podcast? Let's do it. Podcasts. It's like radio, but it's not on the radio. It's not about being better than any other team that was ever here. It's about making that jersey that you're wearing better than what it was when you put it on the first time. WGN Radio presents Hogan Johns. Eddie Jackson, for the fifth time in his young career, has a touchdown. With WGN's Adam Hogue. Great moments yeah. are born from great opportunity. And from the athletic, Adam Johns. Are you a fathead, Foxen? No. There you go, Lombardi. Did you say Utes? What? No, 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 no. See you in the Super Bowl. Here they are, the Adams. Go Bears! Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Episode, what is this, 234, I think? You're supposed to be keeping track of this. I was. I just didn't have it in front of me. 
So 234. Too busy keeping track of yardage on field goals and stuff. You know, there's a lot of numbers floating 40, out 45. Eh. Who gives a damn? Angle. It's all the same. Went through the uprights. All good, baby. Someone on Twitter today was like, if it's under 50, they should make it. Well, yeah. CNFL, I'm cool with that. <laughs> should work. Should work. It's, it's under 50. I mean, hey, Matt Nagy thought uh, Cody Parkey should make a 53-yarder when yeah. he could have gotten more yardage. Mm-hmm. So I think that's fair. Uh, welcome in, Hogan Johns. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns. J-A-H-N-S, we're in the uh, missing Joe Romano formation today. We got a good sub in. We don't want to announce it too soon. Well, we? he's not a sub-producer. He's like a <laughs> guest on the show. Okay. Uh, if anything, closer to a co-host than producing, unless he wants to produce. Uh, his name is Kevin Fishbane. Hello. I can produce if you want me to. I'm versatile. Ooh. Ooh. Man of many talents. I actually I don't really want to volunteer for yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. You, want, you can post it. He just did, done. though. Thanks. All right. Thanks for taking Appreciate this it. off my hands. Had enough going on today. We like it up by three. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, our engineer is Ernie Scatton. By the way, you follow Kevin Fishbane at K Fishbane. That's all it is, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I learned if I had just done Fishbane, I could have had that. Like, I didn't need to go K Fishbane. You should have done that. I know. I, Kevin I, Fishbane? You I could have had that? No, I could have no, just, just done Fishbane. fishbane. Just oh, Fishbane. Just There's fishbane. not a lot of Fishbanes in the world. And I could have just done it, just last name, no K. You could have been like... It's more David, badass. You could have yeah. been David Kaplan just been at the Fishman. I could have, but I wouldn't have wanted anybody to call me the Fishman <laughs> as opposed to Cap. I think doesn't mind being called the Cap Man. The Cap Man. Yeah. How yeah. often have you been called the Fishman? Um, twice. What's up, uh, Fishman? Now three times. <laughs> All since this podcast started. Oh, Come might. on, nobody's ever called you fish man in high school. No, no. Just we, fish, just, just fish. fish. I think we're onto something here. Yeah. Fish man, the, the fish, fish man, the fish man, the fish man. Uh, okay, so speaking of blank man, <laughs> I was expecting different in our open today because Ernie's been so on top of our opens and stuff, but he did better than the open. Okay, there's actually a a promo. That has been created for a podcast. I don't know where it's going to run. I don't know, but it was sent to me. I, I have access to it, uh, and it, you may, if you listen to last week's episode, you might know where I'm going here. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little afraid to play this, but here it is. So Nagy's described the position for Cordell Patterson as Trojan. Trojan man. Yes. Trojan man. That's what. That's what he is. <laughs> I mean, if you're in the locker room and you find out his position is Trojan, do you not just walk around saying that? Right? I'm not the only one who could be doing that. His teammates have to be doing that. I would would hope so. And I would actually be very disappointed if they're not. Right? Safety first on the Hogan Johns podcast. That's good. That's good. Safety first. That's what we're all about. Cordell Patterson, the Trojan man. Of the Chicago Bears. <laughs> Jesus. I love Ernie. I love Ernie. That's great stuff. All right. Uh, what's the rest of the spiel here? You read us where? WGNRadio.com slash Bears. Theathletic.com. The Athletic app. That's where you can read both. Kevin, too. Yeah, Kevin and uh, Adam Johnson. They're both there. It's quite a tag team. And Dan Pompey. Triple team. We're going to talk about Dan Pompey in this episode. Because I got the Bears scrapbook. It's really good. It's a big book. It's a big book. It's a, <laughs> Literally it's, a big book. It's a big book. We got it here in front of us. We'll talk about it a little bit later. Uh, 
Thanks for uh, following us. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify. That's where you get the podcast. Just search Hogan Johns. Please rate and review it. Thanks to some people who have been reviewing lately. Um, we've had a number of reviews come in. Uh, one guy, though, gave us three stars. And I, I, oh, know, what did he say? Uh, he doesn't like the Mighty Ducks talk. <laughs> so what's my first reaction? Is to bring it up. Yes. We talked. That was like back before the draft. Yes, it was. As soon as we got to the draft and mini cam- rookie minicamp and OTAs. And who doesn't like the Mighty Ducks? It's been all, well, besides me. I know. But, we- but you watch it. You enjoy it. Another guy doesn't like that we stopped numbering the podcast. I saw that one. But that was still a five-star review, so thank you for that one. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, that was, No, you're the one that left the three-star review. Come on. Hey, what's your breaking news n- noise sound? Oh, got that right here for you. Yep. Are you breaking news here on the pod? I'm not. The Kansas City Chiefs have signed place kicker Harrison Butker to a contract extension. Oh. Bears probably could have had him. There's a lot of kickers they could have had. Yep. All right, back to your back to your previously scheduled programming. Thanks for that, Kev. Well, it has to do with the kickers. Uh, go ahead. Well, no, I'm not no, no I'm not going to do that today. I know what? you're expecting me to brag. I'm not going to do that. Okay. I'm not going to do that. Do it. Just but, go ahead. But an interesting move by Matt Nagy today. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, minicamp wrapped up just hours, not even hours, like hour ago at uh, at Hallis Hall. And uh, this was very predictable. So I'm not even going to take credit for predicting it. <laughs> okay. Don't you think Elliot Fry and Eddie Pinheiro had to wake up this morning and be like, there's probably a good chance that on the last day of minicamp, Something's going to happen where I have to make a field goal. Or everyone- well, yeah, you should hope to. Yeah, yeah, you should definitely wake up feeling that way. But they've been throwing so many things at these guys. Who knows? Maybe Augusta silence was over. But you did call it, my friend. I'll give you the credit. I'll give you the pat in the back. You, All right. you called how practice was going to play out today. So at 10.57, I tweeted, thanks to you guys who told me to tweet this because we were discussing this in the uh, media room. On the record. Uh, last day of Bears minicamp. Here's how I would start practice if I was Matt Nagy. Both kickers, 43 yards out, right hash. If both make it, no practice. Enjoy your summer. If either misses, practice is out. Now, it wasn't exactly like that. It was a 40-yarder. Uh, they had already sort of practiced yes. a little bit. They had like walk-through portion of practice. Uh, but they hadn't really done anything. Definitely shorter than the previous two. It was a walk-through. And then the plan was to have half the conditioning test. So half of what they do in Bourbonnet when they get there, which is a much longer conditioning test to make sure guys have been staying in shape during the six-week layoff, he was going to have them do half of that today. And uh, instead said, here you go, kickers, 40 yards out, you make them. I don't know if he said this. We couldn't hear it. But anyway, they both made the field goals. Nagy ended practice. Lots of cheering as opposed to jeering. (laughs) Hey, look. Uh, and cheering, there might have been some cheering coming from the media too. It's true. Practice was over. It's true. Uh, look, I think considering how practice started on Tuesday, the kickers were awful on Tuesday. One got cut. Chris blew it. Blew it. Uh, there you go. I'll let you have that joke. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I was ready for it. Yeah. See how quickly I said blew it? It's really original. I, wish, I can't believe no one else had come up with that. No, I know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, considering how this week started, 
pretty good ending that they yeah. both nailed it and the team leaves on a good move. Because I, I don't know about you guys. Tuesday, we're standing there. We're, well, you know, they missed the field goals, all three of them. And it was one doinked, one went wide left, one went wide right. And after this huge weekend, this Bears 100 <laughs> celebration, everyone's talking Super Bowl. Everyone's riding high. A lot of those Bears alumni were at practice Tuesday. Yeah. You know, there's all this, like, goodwill that you're feeling. And then I'll – this is how I was looking. It was like, oh, yeah, we still don't have a kicker. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, back it kind of brought you back down to earth. And I thought it – I thought it – you could feel it out there on the practice field with the players. And I think the Bears handled it pretty well. I mean, they yeah. made a statement by cutting Chris Blewett, and the other two guys responded. See, a lot of a lot of the veterans are saying the right things as it comes to this kicking competition, right, from Kyle Long to – Akeem Hicks today. They're all saying the right things, but you were next to me yesterday when Elliot Fry went out for his Augusta Silence challenge, right? Where the the snap from Patrick Scales came in low. There was an audible gasp from the sideline. These players who were right next to yeah, us. From the players, not us. Yes, because of the snap. Mm-hmm. The snap. I'll give Elliot Fry some, some credit. He put it through the uprights, but. These guys are following it pretty closely. They, they can feel there's almost emotions attached to these kicks now at practice. That's what they want, though. They want them to feel emotional when they step up to kick them. Kev, what were you thinking on Tuesday when those guys, I mean, all three of them missed? Yeah, it was surreal. It was like, I mean, it was straight out of, uh, 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 you couldn't have write, written a script like that. You know, and Matt Nagy said it afterwards, he goes, if, if they all made it, we wouldn't be talking about this today. And it led every story, as mm-hmm. it should have. Um, you know, kicking's weird because uh, it's possible those three guys made every single other kick in practice. Yeah. Off to the side. It's possible. But that, but we weren't watching those. Those kicks don't matter in no. a sense. And, and but the, also, I mean, they're trying to create this pressure pack. Right. Kicks that matter. I mean, it's no different than a game. You kick, you kick before the game at halftime. You got to make the ones during the game when you're yeah. asked to make it with pressure. And, and I thought back to the 2016 summer when Robbie was not Robbie, and he was missing kicks here and there, and we made a big deal about it. But we were talking about like he'd miss one or two kicks in a practice, mm-hmm. and that was a big deal. I mean, the guy made every other kick whenever we yeah. were out. Yeah, and yeah. they did. The other thing too, and, they didn't and, do any of this type of stuff, though. No, and and John Z, you wrote about this this week about what the bear. I mean, the Bears are making this as difficult as possible. Other kickers who have come through here, we didn't. Connor Barth didn't have to do this. No, you know, last year Robbie didn't have to do things like this. Um, who was the kicker Cody, last year? Cody Parkey didn't have to do anything yeah, close to these this. guys. Didn't have to do these things. Millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, here's the job. Yes. Yeah, so you know the. This stuff is kind of bound to happen. Here's my question for you guys. I was thinking about this today because I've been in support of how they're trying to do this. Like they are creating the most pressure packed competition ever to find the guy that is mentally tough enough because all these guys can physically kick. You know, I think that they're trying to figure out who can put two and two to get put it all together. Are, are do you think Ryan Pace is sitting there being like, we have made this an even bigger distraction? Because of this, and if we had just signed a guy, Kai Forbath, a few, you know, a couple months ago, and just said he's he's our kicker, that's the guy, and then nobody would be, we wouldn't be doing this whole thing. And again, I I understand what they're doing, and I support what they're doing, and I think it's 
for financially and it, you know makes sense. But I wonder if what they now they look back at rookie camp, OTAs, minicamp, all the attention we put on it, all the national attention it's gotten, it's just going to continue to build in Bermanet. I wonder if I'm thinking we could have just we could have signed one guy and not made it a deal and just said this is our guy, he's a veteran, he's done this before. I, I know what you're saying. I almost think like they thought it through though. Is that safe to say? Adam, oh, you think like yeah, maybe yeah. not to, to to this point, but they expected the circus to follow. And, right? the, and Matt, oh, they almost invited it. Yeah, in Matt that Nagy's kind it. of yeah. He's embraced it a little yes. bit, which I appreciate. The, the problem is you like it until it's still a sideshow. Yeah, but he keeps even Nagy keeps hinting at, hey, we might have to involve you guys. Like, what's that going to be in Bourbonnais? Like, there's something else coming. There are more things coming mm-hmm. in Bourbonnais. I'm sure he has more up his sleeve than what we've seen already. I'm almost 100% confident there's going to be different things for these kickers to endure or to, to be challenged with. That's Bourbonnet. why I want to make sure this knee is 100% by Bourbonnet. Yeah, Pat better be ready. Nagy, Pat, Pat Finley, he keeps calling out Pat. Yeah, yeah. does Pat wear sandals at uh, training camp? Ooh. I was like starting to think about... I'm usually flip-flop Yeah, guy. you're a flip-flop guy. I was almost thinking about my footwear mm-hmm. in training camp. If there's a day that he wants us all to come out and kick... Hopefully they warn us. Yeah, because I, I usually wear my Allbirds. Shout out Allbirds, not a sponsor um, yet. Could be. Maybe. Could great be, yeah. shoes. Say something again. Allbirds. Great shoes? Great shoes. But uh, I don't think they'd be good for kicking. Probably not. Probably no. flip-flops, probably no. not either. Yeah. 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 I, I think I could do better than Tariq Cohen then. So. Tariq Cohen was awful yesterday. That was bad. I mean, was bad. he was. That was college And he's probably point. in trouble. Yeah, I feel bad. I feel like I sold him out. Did you rate him out? Yeah, you did. I'm the one who asked the question. You did. Although, I know uh, MMQB, Sports Illustrated, had a story because he, he talked to uh, Kalen. Oh, and she brought it up well, with I, him? I, I think it's in the story. Because he, he he had a comment in the story about how Montgomery, Dave Montgomery once hit a 50-yard field goal, I guess, yeah. in his career, like high school or something. Yeah. So these guys are all oh, talking so, about so it. The whole, yeah, well, it's an example that they're they're all following it. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. But knowing Cohen, he probably wants to. Yeah. This rookie made a field goal. I got to try a field goal. It looked like Tabor kind of yelled at him anyway. Yeah. You see yeah. Trubisky trying to give him tips still? Yeah, too? yeah. What does he know about kicking? Yeah. Come on. Uh, let's hear from Matt Nagy today. Okay, Matt Nagy. Uh, this is just a you know a couple minutes snippet of uh, the beginning of him explaining why he did what he did today with the kickers. So we, we wrapped up our, uh, our mini camp. It was, it was great. It was awesome finishing the way we did. Uh, we put a little heat, uh, shocking, but we put some heat on the kickers uh, per conditioning for the team. They both nailed two 40-yarders right down the middle, so uh, our guys got out of gassers, which was nice. Uh, if you heard any cheering, that's why. And they, they, uh, they think that I'm nice and that if they would have missed it, they weren't going to run anyway, but they were going to run. So it was good. It was, it was good. Yeah, how many gassers? Well, it's it's. Uh, I should say our half of our conditioning test. So we don't really do gassers. So I'm just using that as a general term. But half of our conditioning test. So it was a win for them today. And then the the cool thing was was then I, I kind of got ahead of myself and I said, y'all want to go double or nothing for uh, the start of training camp? And I thought they'd balk and they they about hawked me down. They wanted they wanted more. And the two kickers were the first ones to jump at it and say, yeah, let's go. So I, that was uh, that was good. But I. They called my bluff, so um, they're they're running when we get back. Kind of talk about how the, the kickers making or missing has impact the team as they're yeah. watching. How important is it to kind of end on a positive note the last couple of days? Yeah, it's it's very important. Just because, just like a few days ago when we were 0 for three out there, um, 
you know, there was, there was a little bit of a law. You could feel it. And, 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 but that's a part of us trying to grow, um, and figure out where we're at, what we need to do. And so, uh, being able to respond to adversity, I thought, uh, I want to give those kickers credit for, uh, we're going to always get on them when they miss, but when they make, like they did the last couple of days with pressure situation, we didn't change it because we want to feel sorry that they missed. We made it, matter of fact, we made it tougher and they came through and, and executed. So I think heading into the, to, uh, our summer here, you know, we, uh, we like where we're at, but we're always going to collaborate. We're always going to just make sure at every position we're doing what we need to do. I know people are, are getting sick of the kicker talk. I get it. Part of it is because this team's so damn good. There's not many other positions that are up for grabs. I mean, really, this is it. But also... Still kind of nauseating at times, though. It is. But but here's the thing. I mean, they have a Super Bowl-caliber roster except for one position. And this gets back to what we talked about on this very podcast going into the playoffs. We said that going into the playoffs. We said they pretty much have one weakness. Kicker. And how did the game end? Kicker. So this is a question I wanted to bring up this week on the podcast, which is here we are almost six months later, six weeks away from training camp. I don't know that the Bears are even equal to where they were at kicker position. They might actually be worse right now than they were when they had Cody Parkey, which, which was not great because we all went into the playoffs wondering if you could put the game on the line. But now you're talking about can you put the season on the line here? Now it helps that you're going into week one instead of the playoffs. Playoffs. But you better you better get this figured out. And I my, I guess my overall point is so you, we're still a long way away from figuring this thing out, it feels like. And it hasn't been very encouraging. These last two days have been the most encouraging we've seen since this whole thing started back in rookie minicamp. Well, regardless of who wins, with these two, they're both inexperienced. The unknown will accompany both of them. So what I'm hearing from you is you would prefer a more experienced candidate. I feel No, like- I would prefer just to see... Whoever the kicker is on the roster make kicks. Yeah, but there's still going to be an unknown about him going into like the actual games. That's fair. They, they've never kicked in an NFL game. Neither. But don't you agree it shouldn't be this ugly? I mean, we have seen now practice after practice after practice where they do this Augusta Silence thing, and they're missing. And it hasn't really gotten yeah, better see, see, until the last I, two days. I expected some. Everybody should expect some ugly moments. They're purposely going out there trying to make the miss. That's their goal. They're testing these guys. And they want to find the guy who can make it. Yes. No one's really done that. Yes, yes. Well, you, we've seen a couple better days recently, but there's going to be more challenges uh, ahead. Again, I, I'm 100% sure about that. But, look, both of these guys are going to be unknowns until we actually see them kick in regular season games, then kick in more games, and then kick in more games. I, I feel like they've already tried the veteran route. I mean, they purposely brought in all these unknown names. For a reason. They've had workouts at Hallisall where veterans have come in. They didn't sign those guys. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good veterans. I don't know if good's the right word, but available free agents at kicker out there. They opted against that route. They've already tried their counterparts of the world. They're looking for someone like a diamond in rough. That, that's the approach they're taking. So I expected some ugliness. This much ugliness? I don't know. But some. 
Yeah, I mean, the, whoever gets the job, if he goes out there on September 5th and it's three for three and the Bears beat the Packers, then, you know, we'll all forget about this. Yeah. And, and, and there's no way of predicting if that's going to happen um, based on what we've seen and, and based on the position. I mean, Ro- the, the Bears could trade for Robbie Gold and he can go one for three on September 5th. That's just, that's just the nature of the position. I mean, we all know how fickle kicking is, but there are, you know, there are studies that have shown the difficulties of a kicker year to year. The success is so hard to project. So that's why, you know, I, I kind of, as I said earlier, I kind of like that this is the way they're going about it because, you know, when it's all said and done, you know, we will be able to say they have done everything they can short of throwing a ton of money at somebody, which is what they did not want to do. That's it, it, cause they already did that. Yeah, they did that and it didn't work. With Cody Park? Yeah. But and you can even argue, Pro Bowl You can even argue they did that with Connor Barth. There wasn't a money thing there, but that was a veteran who had been kicking for a while. Yes. Those things did not the work. The guy that, who the coaches and GM were very familiar with. Now, I still think that the September 5th kicker is not on the roster. I think there's a very good chance of that. Yeah, there, There's a bunch of teams that have two kickers right now. My problem is... My problem is that it's almost like a good three-point shooter. You expect them to make everything in practice. And then when the game comes, like, hit 50% of them. Right now it's a little bit different because that's a bad percentage yeah. for field goals, kickers. Yeah, we've seen a lot of that. I've seen We've seen comments in our stories and on Twitter that people are like, why are these guys missing any field goals? That's my point. Yeah, they like, shouldn't be. These are – But, these like, are, missing throws against no coverage sometimes. Like this, yeah, but I think with a kicker, you have like these guys have one job. Yeah, no, the I, only I know what job you're is to kick it through the John, you're supposed to hit like ninety percent in games. I know that. I that understand. You that. should be close to one hundred in practice. Yes. And these guys aren't well, missing these, fifty-five what I, what yards. I'm trying to get through to everybody is these practices are again purposely different than the typical practices these guys are used to. You talk to any of them, Augustus Silence, Pedro Davalos has been in the league what six, seven years. First time he ever did anything with that. He says he's nervous. Purposely different. And you know what? I saw, I tweeted this, I put it in the story. I saw Cody Parkey go 8 for 8 last year in Bourbon A and hit the freaking camera pole in the middle, dead center, three times in a row. Fans went nuts. No pressure. He's used to it. He's used to it. Well, this is, uh, we can move on from the kickers, but this is going to yes. be fascinating in Bourbon A. Yeah. It's going to be not just the results, but how they do it. The fans are going to be there. Yeah. I mean, the circus environment. 100% will be there because you have fans just 10 feet away from if you. If Tuesday's practice happens in Bourbonnet, where they all miss, I mean, they're going to be getting booed off the field. Yep. And they should be. That's part of it. I mean, the, and, and, and the, you know, they'll, the coaches will spin it as, all right, let's, let's see how they respond. Let's see how they respond the next day to getting booed off the field. I mean, at one point, enough will be enough. We saw it with Chris Blewett when he blew it. Enough was enough. I still think that a message had to be sent there. Now, I, I already looked at him as like third in line. Yeah. I, I still think Eddie Pinheiro has the best shot. Elliot Fry after that. Going back to Mr. Kicker expert over here, Adam Johns, and how the ball gets kicked. Benarski. This goes back to Benarski. I know. Sort of sidewise. But wouldn't you agree that Pinheiro has a little bit better? Oh, no, he, he's got a better leg. Yeah. That's clear. That's, that's definitely clear. Strong leg. Elliot, every once in a while, has one that just like sort of pops up and lands at the 10-yard line. Yeah. Hey, Chris Tabor says he's incredibly straight. That's what he said yeah. about Elliot Fry. Like, when, he, when he misses, it's just like it's a straight ball. 
Mm-mm. So it isn't like it just dies. You just yeah. Have, yeah, and you just have to if he misses it, it just like so his miss in the dome. So he's the one that made the first, but there was a timeout. Yes. And then the second one. Looked like a pop-up the second base. But it was also straight end over end. It wasn't like a side. Not that that's good. I mean, he still has to. He obviously hit it. but He didn't it, have the distance. He was but, short by like eight yards. But it's funny to see it. Like it's, but as, as Tabor said, like it, is a, it looked like if you didn't know where the goalposts were, and you just like looked at that ball, like, oh, that's a really nice ball. Like yeah. it, 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 was, been a, it was almost like when you have a tee shot uh, teed up too high, and you're like, just pop it straight up. Like you hit yeah. it straight, but it like went twenty yards. It looks yards. good. Right. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it looks yeah. good. It's, yeah. it's a great analogy. It looks good. Uh, yeah. No, but Pinero definitely has more of a oomph to his kicks. Oh man, oomph. We're gonna have to wait for the preseason games for yeah. this one. Yeah, first games at Soldier Field. Panthers can't practice any two point conversions in the preseason because you need to, you need every extra point you can get. Yeah, well, we were talking about this before. Kev is like, you start just you kicking just field goals on third down. I mean, just to make sure you get the field goals in. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you're late, if you're in the second half, you got second or third stringers out there, just kick the field goal. Yeah. yeah. I'm all for that. Get in field goal range. Just yeah. start doing Mark Tressman's second down kick. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Tyler Bray. You can get your red zone work elsewhere. I'm all for that. All right. For out it. here. Yeah. Second down. Put it through. Okay. Yeah. Crowd starts doing Augusta Silence. <laughs> Oh, that would be funny. And, and, I, I, I thought about asking Nagy about that yesterday. I could see Bears fans doing that. Yeah. <laughs> they pulled off the boom on the kickoff they in did. the playoffs. Yeah. That shocked me. That was good. All right, let's move on to overall thoughts from OTA's minicamp, the whole offseason program. I thought the rookies were good. From the start of rookie minicamp until yesterday, the last full practice, David Montgomery, good. Duke Shelley, Everywhere, Riley Ridley, they may have something there, and I'm not. I'm not exaggerating. I don't think I'm exaggerating. When you're noticeable, like every single time practices open up, you may you may be something. Like we talked about earlier, you pass our eye test. Yeah, there's something there. Jordan Howard, I think he'll be be forgotten pretty soon here. Once you see Dave Montgomery and pads in training camp, I agree. I I I, uh, I think those three guys. The other two guys are probably. You know, more projects, Stephen Denmark and Kareth White. White. But these first three picks, which, I mean. And I don't think we're exaggerating on what they're doing. I don't, I don't think I'm overselling. Well, it. and I hate doing this. I, and if you've been listening to this podcast over the years, I always caution. Yeah. I mean, even when the pads are on in Bourbon A, especially with the running back position, I mean, they're not getting tackled. It's not live. You still don't know for sure until they get in the preseason games. But it, it, with Tariq Cohen, there was like a special – like you could see him make a cut when they're in shorts and OTAs and other players react and be like, oh. Yeah. That happened once yesterday with David Montgomery. Oh, yes. He caught a pass and then shook somebody. Yes. And even guys on defense were like, oh. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Well, was one of you staying next to me on Tuesday – when we saw a screen pass and someone's like, oh, is that looks like Tariq Cohen. And it was not. It was Dave Montgomery. Yeah. That's the thing about him. For a guy, the knock on him was that he doesn't have breakaway yeah. speed. Again, no pads right now. I get it. Right. Yeah. But his speed's better than I thought. Well, I think he and Riley Ridley have had the same knock, and they both play faster than they time, it seems. It's like the opposite of Kevin White. Great time running. Yeah. Never saw that speed on the field. Well, Na- Nagy said today they're using Ridley in the Zebra. 
Yeah. yeah Which, on draft night, they talked about maybe they wouldn't do that because that's the one position where there's like so much on your plate and you, you kind of have to know everything. But with Anthony Miller out, he's been getting extra reps there. This is all stuff Nagy said today, and it looks good to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's a complex position. And he's and, and that was the thing Mike Furry said to us uh, two weeks ago, that, that coming from Georgia, Ridley just knows how to step right into the playbook, which is nice. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to – we've talked so much about how everyone on offense is back, except for Howard. Almost everyone on defense is back. So I'm, I'm wondering if so much of the fact that these three guys have stood out is just because they're new and they're different, so we're not used to that. But we've also been in enough of these things, OTAs and minicamp, where we can tell – when a guy looks the part and when a guy doesn't. Yes. And we can also tell, as we just said, Riley Ridley getting reps in Anthony Miller's spot is notable. They could put yeah. a veteran there. They could put a guy that knows the playbook there. They didn't. They put a fourth-round pick there. Different. He Going back to David Montgomery, completely different than Jordan Howard. Yes. Looks different than even the speedster that Jeremy Langford was. Right. I'm trying to go yeah. back to other running backs that, that we've seen here. Um, even when Jordan Howard, when he was a rookie, was third in the depth chart, it took him like the NFL, the regular season, to really, I guess, earn his playing time and again a couple injuries. But you never saw any of this with Jordan Howard, none of it. Well, there was a play today without giving away the route or anything, where you and I were standing there and they run a play, and you immediately said they would not have run that. Absolutely not, not in the red zone, not that type of route. Absolutely. No way. No way. This has actually been... Um, Ask Mike Lennon. No way. <laughs> this has been setting up for... No. This has been setting up... I, I'm actually... now. I mean, obviously, I think Montgomery is very high in the list of guys I'm looking forward to seeing Bourbonnet. But Mike Davis is also on the list because I just have a lot of curiosity. Yeah. Like, what are yeah. they going to do with this guy? How are they going to use him? What can he do? And even Matt Nagy, I think he was answering your question, John Z, but yes, uh, on Wednesday about who who was he intrigued to watch. And he mentioned Mike Davis. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. There's some unknown there. They're paying him $2 million. They're not paying him $2 million to be Benny Cunningham. They're paying him $2 million to be a big part of the running Contributor. game. And, and I, as good as Montgomery's look, Davis is still going to have a role. And, and I would almost put Davis in the category of guys who haven't stood out to me. But that's usually where I side with running backs. I just sort of ignore them. Well, I think, it, at this point in the year, yeah. I almost ignore all the running backs, and la- that's why when a guy still repeatedly stands out to me, when yes. I'm trying to ignore them, that's what stands out. And like I think Olin Krutz on Twitter today, I don't know if you saw it, like gave me the Dennis Green gif on my praise of David Montgomery, the crown him. Yeah, because yeah. it's like I get it. It's too early to to talk about running backs. Yeah. it's really too early to talk about any of these rookies standing out, but. I'm telling you, my approach with these running backs is always to like throw it all out until we get at least in pads and camp. And even then, I want to wait till the preseason games. So this happened with Cohen. And I'm telling you, it's happening again with Montgomery here where I'm trying to ignore him, and yet there he is. Yeah. He's still there, it, it happen- number 32. It, ha- it happened on the opposite side when, when Eddie Jackson was your same year as three Cohen. Mm-hmm. By the end of at this point in that year with 2017, you're like, oh. This safety may be pretty good. Then and I'll, safeties are the same way because yeah. you can't judge safeties yes. until they're – you yes, can't hit you, anybody. But you saw him all over the field. Yep, exactly. All over the field. And then, sure enough, we get the training camp, and he's your starter. Within like two days, he's your starter. Sorry, Adrian Amos. It's him and Quentin Demps. 
You know, he's your starter. So, look, we're not scouts, but I think we have a – we know what we see sometimes. I, I want to go back to Duke Shelley for a moment because that's somebody that in rookie minicamp looked pretty good. And they, he should. He's in, he was a draft pick amongst a bunch of nobodies. Um, but he had those back-to-back pass breakups in uh, – what was that? Tuesday's practice in the end zone. And the thing about Shelley and Adam Hogue, who decided to work on Sunday with me – uh, at the Bears 100 ceremony. Ooh, shots uh, fired. Ooh. We were there at the Billy and the Bears um, panel, and Josh Lucas, he said, what did he say? He said, Duke Shelley is someone's going to be here for a long time. Yeah, he uh, he likes himself some Duke Shelley. About Shelley. Yeah. Like, this is, a, this is somebody that we could not find anything about him when they drafted him. I think he said he's going to play a lot of football for us for a long time. Yeah, well, you look at, you know, Buster screens the nickel right now, and Buster is, you know, one of the older players on the team. He's played eight seasons in the NFL. Uh, and then you know Sheriff Manis, you know, did a nice job filling in last year. But he's also, you know, at the later start stage of his career, he's been working a little bit at safeties. Obviously, special teams. That's you know, in an ideal world, Duke Shelley is your starting nickel. Yeah. In a couple of years, drafted specifically for that role. Yeah. And, and, and I almost wonder if we're a couple of weeks into camp and wondering if he's pushing Buster already. I don't know if that happens because the contract and the money, but if I mean. I don't think the Bears care about that. Sometimes, yeah, they don't care. I, I would, I would. I mean, I guess I didn't pay. They bench Mike Glennon. I didn't pay a ton of attention to how Buster Screen looked. I, that would surprise me just because of the. Well, depending on how they're playing in yeah, the games. Yeah, but but I I think what what Shelley's going to offer them is he's going to be able. To be, he seems like the type of guy who'd be really good on special teams for a year or two. Do you recall how Bryce Callahan won his job? It happened during practice. No, no one. No, no, really, never saw it. Why don't tell us? But I don't know the exact details of what he was doing. Oh, you're practice, just saying but, but it was remember, a practice where he was just all no, but, of a sudden. But it was a, a build-up. He, he was on the, the practice squad. Yeah, it was about sudden, four weeks into the and then, season. And then all of a sudden he was signed to the active roster. Before oh. you know it, he's your starting nickelback. Yeah. He, Vic, that, was, Vic Fangio, that was when McManus was yes, yeah. struggling. Uh, Vic Fangio later said it was what he was doing in practice. Oh, I see. But yeah, That made him, not, I'm not going to say indispensable, but, but needed yeah. for that defense. Screen is known as a very good practice player. So that would be, it would be a high, it would be a pretty tough climb for Shelley, but it's a good problem to have. Yeah, I mean it's why. And, and when we talk what about you want. when you talk about the money with this team, you kind of need a guy like Duke Shelley to be a starter for you eventually because you just you, you you're going to start needing some guys on rookie contracts. Right, that's how you, that's how you keep your books fresh. That's how you keep yeah. your roster fresh. All that. Stuff. Look at us already looking ahead to Duke Shelley's role on the 2021 Bears. Thank you, Josh Lucas. As they go for their third Super Bowl in a row. Uh, wow. <laughs> I'm just I'm just I'm talking about 2019. I actually did throw a line in my story. I think that said parentheses. By the way, this team is yet to want to win a playoff game. Yeah, like this group. Yeah. Sometimes I have to remind myself that that they have not won a playoff game. Well, that Nag- doesn't that doesn't mean they shouldn't have the expectations they have. Nagy brought that up yesterday. I know there's a buzz about us, but we haven't done any, anything yet. No. It's a good reminder. Uh, I have another question for you guys. I think I brought this up during practice the other day too. Is this offensive line good enough? Well, they'll make it good enough because I think right? I think for, I think bringing back all five starters is good. I think moving white hair to guard and having Daniels at center is good. I'm a little. I'm still questioning the depth. Yeah, 
That's fine. I'm a little – I think that's an underrated weakness on the – if we're going to talk about the 2019 Bears. It's a good – I mean, if that's – if after kicker you're like, okay, depth at any position instead of a starting position, that's that's a good position to be in. Yeah. But, well, let's you answer the question about the O-line, and I'll get you to the reason why I'm answering asking that question. Well, they, they have significantly invested in who they already have. Right, Leno got this deal. Mm-hmm. Massey got his extension. Whitehair's up next. James Daniels is a second round pick. Now Kyle Long, we all know, is on the bubble because of his contract restructuring. Well, not on the bubble this year. Yes, but you know what I mean for his future. I just want to clarify. I mean, it's not like he's going into camp on the bubble. Correct, correct. He's your starting right guard and will be this year. He's the only one past this year that you you, you question what his long term place is on this team. So they seem to like what they have, but I know what you're saying. There, there's certain concerns with it. Depth is definitely one. But like Adam, you and I were watching practice yesterday, and where Trubisky had to get the ball out and he had to move, and there were some some bad throws. It was because there was some pressure. And, oh, yeah, you still got this guy Cleo Mack, and he was giving number 70 kind of a hard time. But I don't know. It, it, it's, discons- it's a concern, but I, I'm not alarmed by what the Bears have by any means. The reason I ask is because the more I watch these weapons in practice, I mean, they're all over the field. Yeah. And they're at every level. And this is another thing that Josh Lucas talked about the other day in this panel, the Bears 100, was just this idea of you load the field with all these weapons, which is, I think, he was open about why they replaced Jordan Howard with David Montgomery. Just the ability, and we talked about this at the Combine with Matt Bowen. I mean, we've been talking about it for months. Like Kevin, they want a versatile weapon. You just keep the defense guessing. And the, the, the way I look, it's not just at the starting level now. It is, like Cordell Patterson might not play 15 snaps in a row, and then all of a sudden he's on the field, you've got to worry about him. Yep. I mean, the depth with the skill positions here is so impressive that I think if the offensive line just at a minimum, does what it did last year. And Mitch Trubisky, who I do think is going to take a jump forward this year, but even if he doesn't and he just plays like the Mitch Trubisky you saw late in the year, I don't see how his his offense is still going to score more points. Just sheer depth with the amount of weapons and unpredictability of the offense. Chunk plays, explosive plays. They should come... In droves, you you would think almost. I mean, they had a package out there. I don't know if I give the the exact formation, but when you have the size of Patterson with Shaheen and then the speed of Taylor Gabriel, I mean, it's just tough to contend with. The speed of Patterson, it's just tough to contend with. And now a running back that can catch the ball. Come on out of the backfield. There's a lot to contend with. This game is a game of matchups. It's not coaches say it all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. The Bears have a lot of players who should win their individual matchups. Lots of them. Yeah, I think that last year, the offensive line's quote-unquote issue was run blocking. But we don't know how much of that was offensive line oriented. Matt Nagy took some blame himself for his play calling. We know about Jordan Howard was a bit of a misfit in the system. So pass protection, I think they grade out as one of the better pass protection Pass protection groups it's in the true. league. It's true. They did. You know, they, they sent, you know, how many times did you notice Bobby Massey last year? By the way, Mitch's mobility helps with that. That's true. 100%. 100%. But I was thinking back, you remember Bobby Massey's first game as a Bear mm-hmm. against the Texans? 
how bad that was. I mean, I remember asking Harry Heastan midway through last season, I go, Harry, we never asked you about Bobby Massey. He goes, I know, and that's good that you don't ask me about him. You know, yeah. Charles Leno had that, he had the false start issues in uh, Buffalo, was it, I think, or yeah. around there, and then he was fine. So I, I think the, the, this group should be better because the running game is just going to be better. Yeah. And that's going to allow them to play better. But I don't have as many concerns about them. Uh, and and the, there is uh, no match for what it means to have the same five guys two years in a row. Four of them, this is their, what, this is their fourth year together? Yeah. For four of those guys. And you got Harry Heastan. I, I mean, also with the depth thing, how many teams have a really good swing tackle? I don't I mean... Well, I guess what I'm getting at more is is what you brought up, Kev, which is the run blocking because they so they got to be able to run the football for all of this to work. We can talk about David Montgomery running routes all we want, Mike Davis being added. I mean, they need to run the football. Tariq Cohen, I think, can get better at running between the tackles. Yeah. Oh, well, I wonder if part of the the switch between Whitehair and Daniels is for the run game too. That you know, Daniels is more natural at center, so it's going to be easier for him to block. And you know, I, you know. I'll, I'll you know tease something to our story for tomorrow for Friday at the Athletic about Cody Whiter. I was talking about you know at guard. He's saying it's so much easier for him to start blocking his guy because he have to snap the ball. Yeah, which is an obvious statement. You guys remember what Ryan? The first thing Ryan Pace said about Cody in 2016 when they drafted him was his hands. So the strongest hands. Now as a guard, he's able to just go right ahead, get his hands on the guy in front of him, and I think that that should help in the run game. But Hogue, I, I said this to you when we talked about this on Tuesday. It's Kyle Long, right? Because he's like the ultimate wild card. Yeah. Because he's the type of guy. Like I think Daniels is gonna be better. I think Whitehair could be really good at guard. We kind of know who Leno and Massey are. What's Kyle Long gonna give you? Because if Kyle Long is anywhere close to what he was 2013, 2014, even at times in that Minnesota game last year, he kind of looked like his old self. I thought he made a a, a noticeable difference. When he came back, yeah, there was an immediate upgrade. If, if now these no surgeries this off season, fully healthy, focused, like I, I think that is your ultimate X factor with that group. That that if he plays like a Pro Bowler, you're talking about you know a really really good offensive line as opposed to being a question mark. But I do understand the kind of skepticism you have when you look at everything else going on and you wonder if this group can kind of make sure the offense does what they want it to do. Well, I think it's obvious who the organization blamed. I mean, who's not here? Yeah. 24. They went out and signed Mike Davis. They went out and drafted David Montgomery. Everything else is the same. And they up front. threw money at the offensive yes, line. Yes, yes. I mean, yes, you got the, the position switch with Whitehair and Daniels, but everything else is the same. You know, I heard this complaint even when, like, John Fox's staff was here. One of the problems with Jordan Howard is you need him to create on his own. Doesn't do it enough. Right, because not everything's gonna be blocked perfectly. You play some pretty darn good defensive tackles, especially in your own division. Just look at what Minnesota throws at you. These things are not gonna be perfect. You need a more creative running back. Jordan Howard is not that. My biggest takeaway from the off-season program, and uh, uh, again today, uh, not gonna go into the details of practice, but I mentioned it was basically a walkthrough. Um. The guy, I mean, they look like, I'll just put it this way, they look like they were, there was a game on Sunday. Like, it's pretty clear-cut who all the starters are, who they're trying to get the most reps to, and I'm not just talking about quarterback, across the board. I mean, we're not allowed to talk about depth chart stuff right now, yeah. per the Bears' rules. But 
just I mean, everybody knows who the starters are. Right, and yeah. in general, I can just say, I mean, the guys you think are the players, they're the ones getting the reps. I mean, And the point I'm getting at is in nine years of covering this team, this is by far the most clear-cut, least amount of questions I've ever seen for a team in June. Yeah. Except for kicker, which is yeah. why we keep talking. It means part of the reason why we keep talking about it yeah. because it's such a big position that is still a question mark. But every other spot is claimed. And if there is any doubt whatsoever of a guy pushing another one, it's because there's legitimate competition, which is what I'm hinting at with Duke Shelley and Buster Screen. Yeah. Nothing yeah. against Buster Screen or anything he's done. Like Duke but Shelley's making plays. I, it looks to me like they got a good six round pick that might even that push him sooner than later. Yeah. So that's where I guess my overall takeaway is. You're not getting me off the hype train anytime soon. Yeah. I think this is a really, really, really good football team. I made this comment, I think, to Arthur Arkish yesterday during practice. I go, does, does this team just look faster to you? Just just thinking about it over the last couple of years. I'm like, this team just in overall, it doesn't matter who it is, looks faster. Everybody looks faster. Well, they're probably practicing faster. Yes, yes. But, we, but we've heard calls to practice faster before. Mark Tressman used to say that, right? Remember, the guy literally ran to the scrimmage with his players, the line of scrimmage with his players. This team is just faster skills-wise. It's, there's, it's, they, they've succeeded in over, overhauling their roster to a point where speed has not become an advantage for them, I think. Yeah, well, I think they look faster for one thing because they know the offense knows what they're doing. True, good point. Which makes a big difference in how smooth everything looks. Yeah, I felt like last year there was a lot more talk in between plays. Yeah. Between coaches and quarterbacks and just trying to get everybody on the same page. And then, yeah, you mean every guy. It's funny. The two guys they acquired this offseason that were not known for their speed looked fast, as we talked about earlier, Montgomery and Ridley. Then you go back, Cordero Patterson, Buster Screen. Had a crazy 40 coming out of college. Duke Shelley, Stephen Denmark, um, HaHa Clinton Dix. Uh, these are all guys. Kareth White. You know, y- you could tell that there was a, there was a theme to what they were doing um, this offseason. So yeah, I think that, they, that they've literally gotten faster, and then they're playing faster. But does the game slow down for them? I always get that confused. <laughs> you know, coach, yeah. Coaches always say like, "We want you to play fast. We want the game to slow down for you." Yes. So the game is going to be slower. The thinking slows thinking down. Slows thinking, down. Just thinking slows down. Do, just go. Just do faster. Yeah, play faster. I think who that really applies to always when, when it's used, because it's an overused cliche, is the quarterback. Because mm-hmm. of how fast the game is, you need him to see it slowly. That's one of the things Jim McMahon talked about uh, this weekend. But, you know, he said, you know, for Mitch, like, that's just what comes, is the, the quick decisions. Yes. Which I think we started to see that late in the year. I think in the playoff game, it's kind of forced to just do. You can't think anymore. You just, you just didn't playing. have time. You just got to throw the ball up to A-Rob sometimes. Just got to have the confidence to do that. And got him down on the field. All right. Um, speaking of Jim McMahon, before we get out of here, I do want to talk about the Bears 100 celebration last weekend a little bit. Okay. Exceeded my expectations. I We talked about this a little bit last week. I wasn't – I was trying to – Work up the excitement for it. You know what I mean? Um, in a lot of ways, it just seemed like more work. At least for us, probably. That's probably I mean, just human nature is probably part of it. 
And then the whole process of dealing with traffic and getting in there, and it's like, all right. And then all of a sudden you're standing there, and the guys start coming down the orange carpet. And you realize you're looking around at all the gold jackets around you. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, man, this is actually pretty cool. I mean, when are we ever going to be in a room with this many Bears, alum, Hall of Famers, current players? And then the continued throughout the weekend with the panels and the ones I missed, they're now posted online. I'm going to go back and listen to them because they were all all really good. Um, Like, because we went to the one on Sunday, Kev, with, you know, with the Bears front office guys and Miss Virginia McCaskey. Like, that was a tough decision to have to make there. Can't be in two places at once. I mean, I'm glad we did it the way we did, but um, very, I thought it was very well done. Yeah, I mean, it, it was when, earlier when you said, when's the next time we're going to be in a room with? I thought you were going to say Legends, and I was going to say Right Now. Wow. For the two of you to be sitting with me. You got to be faster with that joke, though. Yeah. 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 Well, it, it, he kind of stumbled me because he went to. He made it so specific. When's the next time we're going to be in a room with this many Bears Hall of Famers? He's giving excuses for and, his joke. Yeah, it was. It was a really cool weekend. I I will say, I thought that one of the coolest. I mean, there were obvious great moments. Just you're standing next to Dick Buckus and Mike as as Dick Buckus and Mike Singletary see each other and embrace. Yeah, and, and, no, and Richard cool. Dent, and you see these guys, and then obviously seeing Gail Sayers. I thought the coolest moment was Devin Hester. Yeah, yeah Soldier Boy. I thought Devin Hester coming out. Now, he obviously played it up. He did his whole Soldier Boy thing. But that was an, a, a reminder that for, you know, the three of us are uh, uh, at an age where either, either, for my purposes, I was not alive for the 85 team. John Z, you were. I was two. But you were two. So I think for, for everyone who is kind of under the age of, what, 40, the, the 2006 team, is their team. Is their team. Yes. And Devin Hester, what what Walter Payton, and, and I know Walter Payton and Devin Hester are in completely different stratospheres, but what Walter Payton was to that generation, or what Gail Sayers was to you know our grandparents' generation, Devin Hester was to our generation. And people who were older also loved Devin Hester. So it was almost like this universal affinity for this guy yeah. when he came out. That was I mean, I got like you know, they're showing the highlight of the Super Bowl kickoff return. Just getting that reminder of how unique he was as a player, as a personality, as an entertainer, and seeing the way the room reacted to him. There were a lot of millennials in that room too, which but but there's a reminder that, that for that generation he is their guy. Well the word is exciting. You know, he's not the best bear I've ever electric watched. Yeah, electric. He is the most exciting. He's the one player where every time he touched the ball, you had to stop and watch. Yes. Okay? So he wasn't the best. But to me, it was any time. And then, and then the cue, the mental cue for that was always the Soldier Boy yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that's what I think played up that moment. Because it was like, man, one last time we get to see Devin Hester come out and do his dance. And... Man, I just wanted like a ball to drop out of the ceiling, and see him, like run <laughs> yeah, through the go. crowd with it or yeah, something. You yeah. know, crazy. It was it, that was a cool moment. The for the 2006 Bears, you know, just thinking about like you had all these legends there, right? That that entire weekend. But you know what? Those 2006 Bears, they changed the NFL too, in a sense. Devin Hester, I mean, he changed the game. You know, the, the games he played in because you could not kick to him. That changed field position. Charles Pena Tillman, 
the peanut punch. How many teams are practicing that now? Mm-hmm. The peanut punch has become so well known. So for even again us, our generation, there are some game changing players in it, and it was just all part of a great weekend. Uh, we hinted at this earlier, but this um, panel we saw on Sunday with Bears front office, Josh Lucas, director of player personnel, assistant director of player personnel, champ Kelly Mark Sadowski, who's the college scouting director for the Bears. Um, we don't get to hear these guys talk. The Bears don't make them available to us very often, and when they do, it's certainly not in a big setting where they're all sitting together discussing things. So we got a little, you know, got to hear some things that we wouldn't normally hear, but the story of the Khalil Mack trade really stood out as, and Josh Lucas went into detail. I mean, the question that Lauren Screeden brought up in the panel was just, where were you? Do you remember it? And Josh just went in this huge, long story that was great about how it all started back in the summer and the night it all changed was uh, the Thursday night preseason game against the Bills, the last one, and then all of a sudden it picked up, and within 24 hours he was a bear. Yeah, well, you had to get the contract done as well. Right. It was more than just acquiring him. You had to sign him. But that was one of the other details. It's kind of funny when you think about how long Mac was in this contract squabble with the Raiders. The Bears agreed to the trade, and so now it's – and. and I think a lot of the talk when Josh Luke and by the way you can read I wrote the whole thing up at uh, at um, wgnradio.com/bears you can read it because it's way too long uh to play here for you but you know he talks about Joey Lane and Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace spending that whole Friday afternoon offers had been submitted at that point and they're still in the room meeting all day well that's like to come up with the contract because they know if they get them, you got to come up with the contract. So Bears are notified. The facts. The facts get sent in. It's not really facts. It's an email. But Do fax machines even exist anymore? I don't know. I hope not. I hope not. Yeah, You can scan things with the phone, but go on. Right. So anyway, the facts comes in and says, you know, we've agreed to a trade. You now have 24 hours to work out a contract. It took three. And that is funny, like. Raiders had all summer, and then within three hours. I mean, it just shows you the Bears were prepped. They were ready. They were serious. They had the contract ready to go, and there wasn't much haggling between the two sides. Right. They were willing to do what the Raiders weren't, make him the highest-paid defensive player Mm -hmm. in the league. So let me ask you guys this quick Khalil Mack question. So we've written about and talked to Nagy about how cool it is um, that Mack has been at everything and what it means to the rest of the team. And Nagy says, well, because Mac is selfless and all this stuff, which is true. I mean, it's, I mean, you look around the league, you know, Le'Veon Bell, like, you know, some of these guys who have not shown up, and, and here's Khalil Mack. He does not, I don't think anybody would really fault him if he didn't go to OTAs, but he's been there. Although, I feel like we're forgetting that he skipped the entire Raiders offseason yeah. training program. Yep. Because he was holding out for a contract yeah. to be the highest paid defensive player. And I don't, let me say this, but I think it's important to have, because I was having this you know, inner you know, battle in my mind, thinking like, here I am praising Cleo Mack for being here, and then he wasn't there at all for the Raiders last year. But I think it's okay to have two separate thoughts. Like, he's being a great teammate right now, and showing how much this team and football mean to him. And last year, 
he was proving a point that he deservedly should have been paid like the highest paid defensive player right. in football. I, I, I almost think they're separate situations. Yeah, exactly. I think they're separate situations, separate thoughts. But it was hard for me to sit there and kind of not smirk a little bit when Maggie Nagy talked about how selfless Khalil Mack is. And thinking, well, I don't think John Gruden thinks the same way. But Khalil Mack would say, well, I would have been there for you every single practice last year, John, if you give me the contract I wanted yeah, and yeah, deserved. Yeah. Look, players have such a limited amount of time of... How should I phrase this? Where their earning power is higher, where, where they have leverage, where their leverage is so strong. Cleo Mack had that. It did, sure it didn't help that there was a, a turnover at coach. It undoubtedly did not help his cause because Gruden's going to put his foot down. He wants his own guys, yada, yada, yada. But you know what? He had to do what he had to do. You see it all the time. And I have no problem with what Cleo Mack did whatsoever. These players, they deal with so many injuries. You have to use your earning power when you have it, especially when you're this darn good. So, Kevin, to go back to your point, I think you got two different situations going on here. The, the Raiders were just, I mean, they still are kind of like a dumpster fire. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I cannot wait to watch it. I'm acknowledging, I'm acknowledging it. I just think it's kind of a... No, I, I made a, note of that, too, yeah. when Nagy said that. I mean, he's like, oh, he's here like he always has been. And it's like, well, last year he wasn't here. But it, it, it is. It's, it's two different things. These guys are, they only get finite windows to earn what they are, what they should make. Right. Because we live in a world, an NFL world, where these contracts are not guaranteed. None of the contracts are really what they appear to be when you hear these big numbers. And so you got to, you really got to fight for every dollar when you work as hard as Khalil Mack does. Yeah, and I yes. think the fact that he does is that guy. And yeah. he is so selfless. Even more emphasizes the fact that if anybody had a right to go out there and put his foot down and get what he deserved, it was a guy like Khalil Mack. Yeah. And, you know, been around this enough. Like, same thing, Roquan Smith came out with the same reputation as David Montgomery has right now. That's why, okay, you know, I asked Mac, or, uh, Nagy yesterday about David Montgomery. He's still not signed. He's a third-round pick, not the number eight overall pick. But is this going to be an issue going into training camp? And they can talk all they want about, you know, hey, this guy's selfless. All he cares about is team. All, we heard the same stuff about Roquan Smith last year. And guess what? It's all true. Yeah. He is that way. But that doesn't mean that he's not getting smart advice from his agents. Contracts. Yep. And contracts contracts. when they have the chance to get the contract the way they deserve for being such a selfless guy, for being such a good teammate, and saying, hey, look, I work my ass off. I'll give you everything you want from me, but I need to be paid correctly for it. Yeah, you know I'm never gonna fault the guy. It's the it's the guys that don't do that. Yeah, that are distractions. That you know I don't care how good you might be, but that's when you get into these contract holdouts where it, it's a you know you could, I think you could start looking at it's case by case basis. Sometimes the players do deserve. Khalil Mack is case in point, maybe the best case of all time. Yeah, in the sport. At least one of the best. Yeah. Of well, didn't Aaron Donald do similar things? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's another guy. Yes. You know, you work your ass. He's off. earned that right. You are, you earn that right. And and guess what? He got his contract, and he's been at every single thing, setting the tone. By the way, it's another thing in the story on the Khalil Mack deal that you can read about. Because it, it shifted quickly from we got him to Monday. He's at practice, and he's. Busting Aaron Lynch for not running. Yes, the first practice ever. Yeah, for all I know, the first time he's ever met Aaron Lynch. Yeah, yeah, he's getting on him for for jogging around the field. That's a tone setter, and 
The other thing I want to talk about was this book, the scrapbook. What page is this? It's like in the – it's not even before chapter one. It's like in the – there's a giant page on Khalil Mack on page 25. Like that's how much this dude has already impacted the franchise. This is the Bears' centennial scrapbook. Yeah. And there's a giant page of Khalil Mack in one season well, and what to, he's meant for the just franchise. Just to go back to the conversations we had with those legends at the Bears' 100 celebration weekend. Who's impressed you the most? General questions like that. Mm-hmm. 52. Oh, that guy they traded from the Raiders last year. He got comments like that. Jim McMahon, who barely watches football anymore. Oh, that guy from the Raiders. That, Khalil Mack's a special player. Special players see special. And, and going back to Bears 100, that was a cool thing. We talked a lot over the weekend about how, can you imagine if Bears 100 was two years ago? Yeah. And how much of a nightmare that would have been trying out John Fox and Mike Glennon oh, and, like, man. you know, all these things. But it wasn't just going to flop it out there and expect to perform like that. I say, it every, I say that every day. Yeah. But I, I think that it was, was one thing, it was one thing that this team is good and has good expect, high expectations and is a personable coach and has pro bowlers, but they actually have a guy who's a future Hall of Famer. Yes. Like, yeah. you're looking at all these guys. You're looking at Buckus and Singletary and Dent and, and Urlacher wasn't there and, and Sayers, and, and you're talking about all these players, and this team actually has one of those guys. Yes. yes. So that, that just added to the nice synergy that the Bears were able to enjoy and celebrate over the weekend, and then on Tuesday they missed all three of their kicks. Yeah, it's the common feeling. Yeah, yeah. That, but that's yeah, yeah. why I brought that up yes, earlier. Yes. I mean, it was that was a deflating moment. Like back to reality. Yeah, yeah. Chris Blewett. But you're right. The better Bears team, the better current Bears team. They've come a long way from, like you said, a couple of years ago. That made that weekend feel better. I think for everybody, one hundred percent. This scrapbook is awesome. Yeah. It's impressive. I mean, I didn't know what to expect. It's bigger than I thought. It's thicker than I thought. I mean, it's a huge book. Um, I can't recommend it enough. And that's not me. You know, that's a genuine endorsement. Yeah. That I'm not getting paid to say anything. I mean, I got this in the mail on Wednesday. I've struggled to put it down. Um, the history. There's so much stuff I didn't even realize. Like, I you hear the stories about how the facilities were so bad for so long, but like they didn't even have their own facility until 1979 when Hallis Hall was built. Yeah, and you know what the size of it was? It cost 1.8 million dollars, 32,000 square feet, built on the Lake Forest College campus in 1979. To give you a perspective. And this doesn't won't really help our listeners who don't go to house every day like we do. But the um, the event center and broadcast studio that was added in 2013 when they changed up the media room and everything that was uh, thirty thousand square feet. Wow! So that's the size of the original house hall. Yeah, like that's the facility they were working out of, and the new. 160,000 square feet. That's what it is now, 2019. $107 million project this has been. That's half of what the money that was sunk in the, yeah. the Soldier Field renovation from the Bears I'm talking about. It was a bigger project uh, when you took in the, the hotel tax and everything that I got from the city. But I'm just talking about the money the Bears even sunk in the Soldier Field 
was that 2001, 2002? So I think it's not just – it's a philosophical change of this organization because from the time I started covering this team was like when they signed Julius Peppers, who wasn't cheap. And all I've seen in my time covering the team is dollar after dollar after dollar being spent. Yeah. Khalil Mack, facilities, the place is incredible now. And you go back and you read some of this history in the scrapbook and you realize like what most of the franchise was. And yet, you know, in the early days, they're still winning a lot. Yeah. They have all those championships. But then you also see why they were like behind the rest of the game when the NFL really started. Yeah. And why they only have one Super Bowl. You were saying before you thought that book was very objective. It is. It's, you know, this might have been produced by the Bears or whatever, but Dan Pompey and Don Pearson are two incredible journalists. Two all-famers themselves. And I, and I give the Bears credit, whoever, you know, signed off on everything that was written in here, because it openly talks about George Hallis' faults. The Bears' draft history would, you know, some of the mis- a ton of mistakes they've made. Yeah. There's a great chapter on Jim Finks, Hall of Fame general manager, but talks about how he screwed up, was supposed to draft Joe Montana and didn't. Yeah. You know, so it points out this is a very um objective look at the Chicago Bears history and it is incredibly well done. The photos, the cutouts from the newspapers, the stuff from Wrigley Field. It's really really good. I got to get me one. I'd let you borrow this one, but I still have a lot more to read. Yes, you're only on Chapter 2, I saw. Well, if I didn't have 17 different jobs I was dealing with this you week. You don't have 17. I would have I would have read it in a day. Yeah. Pretty big book. Joniak said it took him 12 hours. Really? Might have to call him out on that. Start to finish? Didn't have time. Who's, to got, 12 hours? Who's got 12 consecutive hours? I, I, I know he didn't have 12 hours last weekend. That guy's got 17 different jobs. Does he? Just kidding. I don't know, 17. Two or three. Four. I am tired, though. It's a good episode. Thanks for coming, Kev. Thanks for having me, he's guys. Just, he's reading something. What do you got? What do you... Um, you know, I was just I was just scouring the Twitter. I wanted some... I wanted the breaking... I was hoping to find some more breaking news. One more breaking news. Um, yeah, Harrison Butker was kind of like, you know... Yeah. I thought you were going to be like, Robbie Gold has signed his franchise tender. The Arizona Cardinals have released cornerback David Emerson. That didn't do it for me. Yeah. Well, Kev, thanks for having me. No, thanks for having me. Uh, always excited. Always exciting when I get to be a part of this podcast. By the way, I'm still picking ten and six. Ten and six. Yeah. I just wanted to put that in the podcast. Well, that's breaking news on the yeah. record. Ten and six. Are you really going ten and six? Probably. And, 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 let me say this: I think they'll go ten and six, and I think they still have a chance to win the Super Bowl. I just, yeah, I just think oh, the yeah. Se- a very tough. I think the regular season record, my regular season record prediction, will most likely be ten and six. Yep. And that does not mean I don't think that they're going to make a run in the playoffs. I think they, I think they have it in them. I just think the regular season. I just think it's really hard. Twelve and four was really hard. I just don't know if they can do that again. But I still think they'll make the playoffs, win the division. You can win the division at ten and six. I think. 
Did I send us on a tangent? I didn't mean to do it at the end of the podcast. We no, can cut. Okay. You can cut this part. I haven't hit the close. I think that's very interesting. But I well, earlier when I talked about how my biggest takeaway of the off season is that they're just this good. I think in the context of the schedule, that to me is the big takeaway. Like I, the schedule is harder, and it's going to be much harder to repeat twelve and four. As hard as the schedule is, and I'll go, you know, I'll spend the next six weeks before training camp, obviously the preseason, going through and looking at the other teams and the opponents a little bit closer. But I still don't, I still think they're going to be favored in most of these games. Yeah, yeah, they will be. And the other thing too is those other teams might not be as good as they were last year. Yes, we don't know if the Rams are going to be that good again. We don't know if the Saints are going to be that good again. I was looking at their uh, their schedule yesterday, passing through the media room, and you know, I was looking at the the, the break for the for the Raiders game, and I'm like, they could be five and zero. Yeah. After that, they could be. 5-0. Oh yeah, no. The, the the September schedule works out favorably for them. Yes, I mean, there's there. tough games. You got the Packers in Week One. You got the Vikings coming to town. Last year at this time, I said seven and nine. Okay. Then they got Quill Mack, and I went to eight and eight. Okay. So I'll say today, June thirteenth. I'll say ten and six, and uh, we'll see how the kicking situation uh, pans out. Maybe I'll go up to eleven and five Ooh. by September third. All right. Well, uh, so I was two games ahead of you last year. I'm gonna just go two games. I'm gonna add on two more wins. Perfect. Whatever you pick, I'm gonna go two. All right. Add two. Okay. Twelve and four repeat, huh? But if he goes eleven and five, I'm going to thirteen and three. Wow. That's fair. Okay. That's fair. I like ten and six, eleven and five. That's where they're gonna be. I think they're no. They need to have home field advantage in the playoffs. No, first round bye. Well, they had, okay. I was gonna say they had home field advantage, and their kicker double doinked his way out of town. I thought the breaking news he was gonna give us is that this lacrosse guy's transferring to Northwestern. Yeah, they got a lacrosse team. They don't have a men's lacrosse team though. Well, yeah, but he's transferring to play basketball. Basketball, yeah. Well, the guys that they recruited to play basketball last year didn't play well enough, so why might as well recruit a lacrosse player to play basketball. Okay. Is he good? Everyone's making a big deal out of this. I mean, people are tweeting that. Nobody's me. making a deal out of this. It's, it's all over my time, timeline. You've got to find hey, more Northwestern people on your timeline. I do timeline. not. I do not. The Definitely U.S. Not. Lacrosse Magazine, which is verified on Twitter, mind you. Blue check mark. I, I had no idea He's making a big a deal out of this. No idea there was such all a right? thing. No idea there was such a thing. Hey, go subscribe to the Athletic. You know what I got yes. in the mail yesterday? I didn't. I don't even subscribe to this. The Curling News. Is All that right. the Schuster there on the cover? Well, who else are you going to put on the cover of the <laughs> Curling News? But <laughs> John Schuster. It's the only person I could. Uh, He's got a gold damn medal, all right. It's the only curler I would be able to recognize. So it's good that he was on there. Hey, how about the U.S. Women's National Team? Should we talk about that? Thirteen nothing. That's pretty of, cool. We're out of time. Uh, soccer. This podcast well, yeah, is ending. Button already. Jeez, he's going all over the board he's going here. To soccer. You know, I did feel bad that we were making. I mean, he could have beat traffic if he left two hours ago. Now he's got to drive home in it. I think he's got baseball. I got baseball. Yeah. Oh, you don't have to go. No, nah, the kids need me. Okay. Well, your breaking news was disappointing, so I was going to say that. Harrison now I don't. Bucker. I don't care that you have to drive in traffic, but I guess you don't have to anyway. Follow us on Twitter at KFishBane, the Fishman. Fishman. At Adam Hope. I find it still very hard to believe that nobody in your life until this very moment, this very podcast, has not called you the Fishman. No. no. 
Maybe it just shows your guys' originality. Well, we knew that. Well, yeah. Joe Romano's not here. You can follow him anyway at Joey Joe Rowe. Oh, snap. I didn't think of a... Did you just say, oh, snap? Oh, snap. I can't say that? 2003 wants its catchphrase back. Yeah. He said, oh, snap. (laughs) WGNRadio.com slash Bears, theathletic.com, the athletic app. Please rate and review the podcast. Just don't leave us any three-star reviews because we talk about the Mighty Ducks. Settle down. Talk to you next week. We are going to have an episode next week. Talk to you then. Uh, this is Jay Color. What's up, Jay? Hey, Jay. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? How are you doing? Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs>